Hey guys, welcome again to another uh, podcast episode of Crossroads and Culture, where life, ministry, and culture meet. Doing something a little bit differently this time, uh, recording this uh, by video and talking about a topic that is very um, personal to us uh, as a family. And got with me my son Cameron. He's our our youngest. Uh, we have three kids, three grandkids, uh, but Cameron is our youngest child and uh, twenty years old. Almost 21, right? Yeah, and so big milestone. Uh, but today we're going to talk about um, really having an honest conversation um, about sexuality. And so uh, this is very uh, kind of near and dear to us just because of some things that we walk through um, as a dad and a son, as, as a family. And we just feel like it would be helpful uh, to tell our story. And so Cameron has uh, has graciously said, "Hey, I'll come on and do this. And we'll talk about it." And I think it's something that's uh, that's relevant, obviously, for what uh, so many people are walking through right now. So we just want to have this honest dialogue. And and Cam, I guess that probably the best thing is just to kind of start with telling kind of our story and, and really, really from your really from your perspective of what you think. And then we're just going to talk, kind of dialogue, ask some questions um, that right. I think would be helpful for people. So yeah. so where would you start with this? Um, I'll bypass all of the beginning stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the timeline of me getting saved and all that is like complicated. Um, but I would say that I really started following Jesus intentionally right before or right after my 20th birthday. So that was in, um, Jul- early July of last year. Right. Um, so we'll start from there. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but you did have a salvation experience prior to yes, that. Yes, so. when I was 15 and before right. that I thought it was right. when I was like five. But um, yeah. that's just, it's convoluted. Um, but um, we'll start with, um, so I've always, since we're talking about sexuality, I've always known, um, or I guess I've always noticed um, that I am attracted to women and also to men. And um, I didn't really know there's a term for that until I was about 16. Um, so the term is bisexual if you don't know. Um, but um, it, it basically is just that I am equally attracted to men and women. Um, and that was something that I noticed probably from the age of like five or six but didn't really have a name to it, um, for the longest time. Um, but I didn't tell anyone, no one knew that I felt this way. Um, I don't think I ever really, uh, told anyone. I never came up to someone and was like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, um, this is what I'm going through. Like, just wanted to like, let you know, because like, I need someone to, you know, help me through this because the thought was mortifying. Mm. Um, and we'll get into more of like why that was, but, um, Eventually, I just got, like, sick of trying, um, and when I was 19, I believe, in October of, yeah, this was October of 2019, um, I, um, started dating a guy for the first time, and that was my first, um, same-sex relationship, so that was, like, the starting point. There was a lot of, like, precursor stuff to that, but, um, that was the starting point of me, like, actually living, um, a bisexual lifestyle, um, and so that was, uh, the beginning of that, but, and we had, and we had no, we had no clue uh, about yeah, this. It was, I mean, we, we didn't know what was going on really. Yeah, it was, uh, I was, um, I had come out to my friends, um, pretty much, but the thought of talking to my family about it was like, I knew that I was going to be a no-go, um, which it's a lot easier to do what you want whenever you don't live at home. Um, so that made it a lot easier, um, to just like run a little bit rampant. Um, but, um, yeah, I was, I was only out to my friends and I lived that way for about, um, let's see, October to July or so. So what, like nine months, maybe eight Mm -hmm. months. Um, but, uh, so I, I had several relationships. Um, of course, like whenever you sort of just like give up on like fighting sin, um, which I, I believe at that time, like I still, held the title of Christian. I didn't reject Christianity. Um, but I tried to, I think I was like trying to justify it with arguments of like, oh, well, like this is like an interpretation of the Bible that's incorrect. And I don't think I ever really believed that. Um, I think I surface level believed that, but deep down, I think I felt unrest in, Mm -hmm. in what I was choosing to believe. Um, and, um, so I just, I, I, 
you know, I was dating guys, um, I was hooking up with people, and, like, it was just, I was just doing whatever I wanted, and, um, that was pretty much my life for that, that eight or nine months, and, um. And so even hearing this, I mean, it's just kind of, it, it's, it's just, it's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Yeah. And um, it's not been, it's not easy, but you, you brought up some, you brought up a statement a second ago was about the struggle that kind of went with it. Was there ever a time where you felt like, man, this is, this is such a struggle that I don't think I can overcome this. I'm just going to give into this. Is, it was that part of it, but also you mentioned kind of feelings and beliefs. I, I really feel like that there are a lot of people who um, not, not just those who struggle with same-sex attraction um, or um, being gay, and I'm, li- I'm talking about living a gay lifestyle, um, that just let their beliefs and feelings kind of direct what they do right. as opposed to letting Scripture direct our beliefs and feelings. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot, and we t- I've talked a lot about progressive Christianity, right. how that, that feeling, that sense is, well, Scripture says this, but that's kind of an antiquated view. Really, I feel this way, therefore this must be right. So talk the, the tension and the struggle of feeling that attraction, so to speak. Was there a place where you're like, I don't think that I could ever get beyond this, so I'm just going to throw myself into this, that, as well as the belief and feeling aspect, not letting Scripture dictate or guide you in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I would say that uh, it it was really difficult, especially because I didn't let anyone in on it. Um, I would say that it was really difficult to, um, to be like, oh yeah, this is something that I can, um, actively, um, war against, I guess that sounds a bit harsh, but I I think that's a good description. um, It is. But, um, I never, I wasn't like, I think that for a long time, I kind of just like drifted through it without like really taking a second to be like, is this something that I want to fight? Is this something that I can fight? Whatever. Um, but I think also like part of the church's church's narrative um, regarding this like struggle or this um, issue didn't really help in me thinking like, oh, this is something that is like like anyone else's kind of sin struggle um, that I can fight against. Mm-hmm. Um, just like someone might fight against their tendency to be really prideful or um, their tendency to lie, or, uh, like, heterosexual lust. Like, you know, it's just... Uh, was, we just had an onset... Uh, disaster. Disaster. All right, we're good. Um, so. But anyways, so for a long time, I really I really had this belief that um, it, it wasn't something that could be, um, like mastered so to speak or or um controlled and even now like i'm aware that i can't really i can't control the fact that i am also attracted to men like that's not that's not something that i control control i believe that that is something that i was like predisposed to be like i i am not in the camp of believing that people aren't born that way because i think that everyone's born with a sin struggle and a sin nature um and so I think that that one is one of mine, but I also struggle with like being prideful. Like that's mm. like, there's other stuff too that I struggle with. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't like the idea of, um, same sex attraction being like the paramount, like sin struggle. Right. As right. opposed to like being prideful is also a struggle for me. Like stuff like right. that. You know? Now, but you would, no, you wouldn't say though, cause I, I, we hear this a lot that, that this is my identity. It's who I am that struggling with same-sex attraction or being gay um, is not an identity. Although culture has said, this is, this is who I am. This is my identity. Right. Really, it's just like I wouldn't say that my identity is um, anything else that I struggle with in, in sin. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a sin struggle. My identity as a follower of Jesus is in Christ. Um, and so I think some people think that, that okay, this is who I am. I'm gay, um, uh, bisexual, you know, whatever label would be put on that, right? right? Um, and they tend to think that that's their identity. Therefore, they can't change their identity. Mm-hmm. Is it? Would you say that that's you? You hear that or see that? And would you would you agree that that that's not your identity? It, but it, it is the sin struggle, but it's not your identity, right? Yeah. Um, I've talked about this as well um, with some of my friends, but. 
Um, that's one of the things that I feel like a lot of LGBTQ plus people or people who uh, struggle with same-sex attraction um, deal with in the sense that um, that's why it's such a big issue um, for when it, whenever people say like, well, I believe that's a sin. A lot, there's a lot of pushback because, um, because and, and I was in the same spot as well because I believed that bisexuality was part of my identity instead of believing that maybe it might be an identifying factor, it was like part of, like it was my sexual identity, which is in, in like a part of me as a whole. And so um, I think that that identity is such a big part of it. So when you say, I believe it's a sin, then it's essentially saying like, I think you as a person are wrong. That's what it feel, That's what it felt like to me. And that's why it was really hard um, to hear things like that because I didn't want to be told that I was um, wrong, like, as a whole, like, as a, as a being, and I think that, that, that's one of the things that needs to come from both sides, like, the understanding that, hey, like, a lot of people find this to be, like, their identity, so don't be so harsh, because you, they, whether or not, like, you are being malicious, it still feels malicious, because it feels like your character as a person is being attacked, um, but yes, I would say that, that identity, um, is a really big part of that. And um, I think that where we go wrong is that, um, like like you said, like I wouldn't identify, like my identity is like, I'm a prideful person, even though I struggle with like being prideful, um, my identity is not prideful person. So right. um, I think that that is, it's right. like, there's a lot of dynamic in it and a yeah. lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different sides to come sure. from. But. He talked to a couple things you mentioned before about how some view this, and I'm just going to growing up in uh, the faith tradition that I've grown up in, going to church my whole life, um, you know, there, it seems as though there has been this view of homosexuality um, as being like, like almost like the, the the number one sin on the sin top ten right, right list, right? And and then you have other sins underneath that. Mm -hmm. I think it was Jerry Bridges that wrote a book called Respectable Sins. I think I told you about about yeah. that. And yeah. and I think within the church, what we've seen and in the Christian community, oftentimes is that there are some sins that we'd say this is this is just unacceptable, um, um, and this is gonna be, these are gonna be the the top five um, sins, and we're just gonna kind of preach on this and talk about this. Mm -hmm. And if people struggle with this, they're kind of put in a different camp. But if other people struggle with kind of the more um, hidden sins, if you will, the the things that are kind of deeper down your, in, in their heart, eventually it's going to come out. But but there's some things that come out that, that we would just look at and say, gosh, that is just, we, I, I can't, I can't fathom. I mean, for me, homosexuality, when I thought about that and seeing it played out visibly, it was just hard. I mean, honestly, since we're having an honest conversation and we've talked about it, mm -hmm. it was just hard. It's hard for me hearing that and and seeing that and then hearing that even in your struggle with this and what you've gone through. It's just it's been a hard road for, you know, um, for us as parents. Um, but at the same time, God has shown us that that all sin is destructive. Now, we know that there are different consequences to the sins that, that we commit. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but. But I think that that's where it could be. I, I believe the church has misunderstood this in the fact that we overlook certain sins, but certain other sins we highlight and we give a greater degree of judgment towards that. Um, is homosexuality living a lifestyle of homosexuality sin? Absolutely. Scripture speaks to that. Um, but just like you were talking about lust or greed or anger or uh, malice or slant. I mean, we could go down the list, right? God's word's clear about those things. Mm -hmm. Um because it seems as though there has been this um, kind of this grading of sin, if you will, um, by the church. And I'm using the church generally speaking, because I'm sure that all, all churches aren't like this. There are other churches who are handling this better, I think, and much more biblically than others, perhaps. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, there was and maybe some of you who are watching. Uh, you may remember when um, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention boycotted Disney World because of their gay pride parade or had they had gay day, I think at mm -hmm. Disney World. And so there was this boycott of Disney. And personally, uh, I don't think that's the way that we go about talking about the issue of homosexuality. Um, some right. people are gonna be disagreeing with this and I get that and that's perfectly fine. 
but I think that's just somewhat of a of an example of how oftentimes church may handle controversial issues like this. Yeah. And it becomes it becomes hurtful. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, would, so with that, what would you say that the church has not done well? Because when I heard of actually church, right. it's the bride of Christ. But mm-hmm. what has the church not done well that that we could need to do better on? Yeah. Um, in my mind, there's a lot of things. Um, I'll try and... Narrow- I know I said a lot of things in that question, yeah. so to speak. But um, I'll try and narrow it down a bit. Um, but there's a few key things, I would say, that frustrate me personally. This is something that I've become like really passionate about. Um, but one of the things, first of all, is like you said, saying that, um, it's like, it's like homosexuality is like the paramount sin, um, above like, um, sex outside of marriage between like straight people or, um, like heterosexual lust or pride or anger, whatever. Um, and that is not only not true, it's unbiblical, Mm. um, that, there's not, um, you can't back that up with scripture. You can't say, well, here are the paramount sins, unless you're talking about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, right, yeah, but, that is, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, it's all, all sin is obviously on a level playing field in the Lord's eyes because all sin is a hindrance um, to your relationship with Christ. And um, I think that um, one of the things that the church has done is, is really putting a microscope on homosexuality and also on the inverse, they either put a microscope on it or they ignore it completely, um, which is not healthy either because it's something that we need to talk about just the same as we talk about mm-hmm. being prideful and, you know, the laundry list of, of sin. Right. Um, but not only that, but I would also say this one, this one gets me, gets me uh, pretty fired up, but, um, it is a half truth, which is also just a lie, um, that if you um, pray enough or if you follow the Lord or if you do this amount of things or whatever, that God will take your attractions away from you. Um, and I think it's not, I'm not negating the fact that God could do that if he wanted to, because God is all powerful and we know that. The likelihood of that happening, though, is very slim. Um, I believe that God gives us our sin nature and our struggles for the purpose of sanctifying us and for us to be able to lean more into Him. Um, or would you say that God gives us a sin nature or that we have a sin nature and God uses that to sanctify right, us? Right, yeah, we, we okay, have Because I just want to kind of clarify that. Um, yeah. Nothing, so. like, um, I was talking to one of my friends the other day about, like, nothing is wasted. Right, um, Not right. that. Not that, yeah, not that God right. gives us a right. sin nature, but, um, but they use it. Yeah. Um, and because I mean, in our weakness, he's made strong. Like that's, right. exactly. um, Paul says it. yeah, the, the Lord is so much more powerful when we need to rely on him and we always do. Um, but I know I have so many friends who are, um, gay, bi, trans, um, non-binary, like people who have just been hurt by the church in the sense where they've been told if you just like they grew up in the church um and some of them still identify as christian but you Mm, know like they live um the lifestyle but um it it's really sad to hear their story because essentially they grew up hearing um if you just if you give your life to the lord or if you pray about this like god will take it from you and you won't have to deal with this anymore um and that deeply wounds people because whenever it doesn't happen then you think oh wow like god doesn't love me god doesn't want to see me succeed like i'm Mm -hmm. stuck like this and then and then you just give up because what can you do because if god won't if you've done everything they tell you to do to not be um gay or to not feel this way um then then what can you do so they just give up and they they live the way they want to um and uh, one of my, one of the guys that I dated when we were talking, um, one time he told me essentially his story. He still identified as, as Christian. Um, but he was like openly gay, uh, obviously cause we were dating, but, um, he, he told me that when he was younger in the church that he grew up in, when they, they told him that exact thing, um, that if you just pray, like God will take it away from you. Mm-hmm. And he used to pray. He said he used to pray constantly and um, he, he remembers being so desperate 
um, that he prayed that God would either take it away from him or just kill him because mm. he he didn't want to have to live with the weight of God, quote unquote, hating him um, for for attractions that he couldn't help. Um, and that's a that, like side note. That's another thing as well that the church does is saying that the attraction itself is the sin and the attraction itself is is damning um and so then also you feel like well there's no hope for me because i can't help the fact that i'm attracted to the same sex and so what can i do um and so i think those are really really harmful things that the church does um that really it it turns people away from from the lord um and that is really sad it it is very upsetting to see um and you're seeing a lot of the results of the church's um right the church's lack of understanding and the, their lack of yeah. love. So if I can interject something here, because you mentioned something really that, that James speaks about in the scriptures about, about when um, this temptation gives birth to sin, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he uses that whole analogy, that, that, that picture there, um, that if attraction equals sin, then we're all without Hope, hope, right? Yeah, I mean, in right. that sense, because I mean, there's people who are attracted to um, alcohol, or, you know, they have this attraction to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Those who are alcoholics and who've come to admit that, and they realize there's a strong draw to that. Right. And and that's why even in in you know AA, they would say that that you're not you're not uh, delivered, so to speak, from being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but you're a recovering alcoholic, right? right. Um, and so you talk to guys and, and women who've gone through that, and they will, many of them will tell you that, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober for X number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, do we believe that God can deliver? I think you touched on a little bit. Absolutely, I think God can deliver us, and I believe God can change our desires. Right. So I think that I think us praying and saying, God, would you change the desires of my heart? Would you change the desires that I have for that which is righteous. Um, but that still doesn't negate the fact, I think what you're saying is that that you may still struggle with those temptations. But the desire to follow after Christ and what he says is right and true and good mm-hmm. is more than your desire to live in the flesh, which that really is, is which if you feed the flesh or the spirit, the one you feed the most is going to win. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's about crucifying our flesh daily um, like Paul talks about, um, and even Jesus talks about, to deny ourselves, mm-hmm. take up our cross, and to follow him. And so so there is this sense of crucifying the flesh every day, because I can't remember who said it, but uh, either you will be killing sin or it will be killing you. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. I think exactly. what you're talking about is in this is it's a matter of now um, recognizing that this sin is not uh, paramount, as you said, to all the others, but... Um, it is um, it is a struggle that you have to daily, perhaps take before God and say, God, I, w- I want to live in a way that is right and, and pleasing to you. But there are certain things the church has done to, in some ways, um, cause harm yeah. with that. Yeah, for and sure. So what, what are some things, though, I think, um, what would you say, are there some things that you feel like the church has done well? Um, or maybe they're doing better or, um, I mean, cause obviously we're not going to solve everything or, or talk about everything to be talked about in this one podcast. Right. Yeah. Uh, I but, wish, but. but I think conversations like this need to ha- happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are things that, um, you may sit down with somebody who has to struggle with this, that, that you'll walk away disagreeing, but I think the conversations need to, need to happen because even when you finally came to your mom and me about this, we had a discussion and it was not easy. And there were hard things we said to you. Um, and there were hard things for us to hear, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we didn't want to run from the conversation because we believed number one, that God was at work and that God would show you what was true. Um, and that God could bring about change. And in the same way, we were asking God to help us be open, not in compromising our convictions, but how do we converse about this? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, what are some things that maybe the church is doing well or you're seeing happen that is encouraging? Um, and how, how would you, how would you respond to that? Um, that's kind of a tough question because um, I think that the church might be on the upswing a little bit more. Um, the more that people are emboldened to talk about their experiences and share um, about like what they, what, what they've struggled with and what mm-hmm. they, what they still struggle with. 
Um, I think that one really good example of that, her name is Jackie Hill Perry, and yeah, actually great, she has yeah. a book called Gay Girl, Good God, and I really recommend it. Say that it. again. Gay Girl, Good God. Okay, all right. Um, it's about her struggle with same-sex attraction and um, wanting to follow Jesus and everything like that. Um, I think that it is, I would be willing to say that it's a crucial book for for Christians in general, because whether you're same-sex attracted, whether you're not, um, if you're not, it gives you a great understanding into what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are, it it's really insightful into how to better follow Jesus and how to better understand like that um, that struggle. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend that book for anyone. Um, but she is, I love her, love her content. I follow her on Instagram. I see her stuff all the time. And not all, like she doesn't just talk about same-sex attraction because like just like um, just like me, like, that's not her only struggle. Like, she struggles with pride. She struggles with, like, you know, there's, there's so many things other than just same-sex attraction that is an issue for all of us, because we're all sinful by nature, um, and we all struggle. But, um, like, the other day, she did a, um, she's married, by the way, she, um, she has, I think she just gave birth to, like, her third daughter, um, and her and her husband do ministry together and they just did a video about pornography the other day, mm-hmm. um, which one of the quotes from that was, um, pornography is a counterfeit piece. Um, so she, she just, she's really real and she's really good with talking about, um, issues that need to be talked about more. Right. And that kind of leads me into my point of saying like, um, I think that there are more recently, there are more people who are willing to talk about like, Hey, this is my experience because nothing is going to change unless we talk about it right. and say like, Hey, we don't want to, um, we don't want to excuse the sin, but we want to say it's normal to struggle with this because just like it's normal for you to struggle with pride or anger or heterosexual lust, like it's normal for us to, to, to struggle with same sex attraction. Right. And, um, I think that, and not only just that, but also we need to be as, as the church, we need to be more open on really, um, quote unquote, like shameful topics. Like we need to be able to talk about, um, sexuality and sex too, because like pornography is one of the biggest killers for, for Christians, um, and for a lot of people. Um, and I think that the conversation is becoming more open lately, which is really good. Um, so topics like, like that and topics like same-sex attraction, um, I think are on the upswing in the church, which is good, but I think that there's a long ways to go. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And I I don't know that I could prove this, but I really feel as though there are some people who equate conversing about this, having conversations about this. Uh, they equate that to approving of this. They do. I've, I've, I've witnessed it. Um, which it it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, um, how it could click that way. It's just, it doesn't make sense, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so and so, I think with that coming to the table and just saying, let's have a conversation about this. Uh, and it's not compromising convictions. It's not um, giving a pass to sin. That's not it at all. It's having an honest dialogue about gaining some understanding, but then bringing the scriptures into this because I think that's okay. so important. Because we live, you know, there was a time I think where um, some people struggled with feelings, right? They, they don't, they didn't feel a whole, they felt, but they didn't know what they were feeling or they didn't feel like they could express what they were feeling. Um, and there was that generation that's kind of like, you know what, just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and just kind of get through it. Just kind of, and there's still a lot of people who live life that way. And the reality is they don't know what's going on inside of them. And it's really not a healthy place, uh, to be. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the pendulum that seems has swung to where now everything you hear about, um, your beliefs and your feelings that, that really you should just live based upon what you feel and your lived experiences and giving no attention to objective truth. And for as, as believers, we know that scripture um, is absolute truth. It's the, it's the inerrant, infallible, authoritative word of God. Yeah. Um, and so we see sometimes now we see this pendulum, I think, has swung where we're letting feelings dictate and, and our lived experiences dictate what we do. And so we have to let scripture be, be our guide, which was, I think in our conversations, we, we kept going back to that, you know, asking the question, how do you, how, if that's what you think and believe or feel, how, how does that, how does that jive with what scripture, what Jesus said, you know, right. what God's word says. So going back to the word and let the word do the work of the spirit of God do that. Um, so conversations don't equate 
approval. approving or or giving a pass to sin, but it certainly is, I think, the bridge um, to seeing God do a lot of work and gaining understanding. Yeah. Um, so I think conversations are incredibly uh, important in that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. I think that, um, especially with like taking it back to scripture, um, that is a really difficult thing. Uh, that's something that I have been learning for the past few months is just like submitting what I want to be, um, mm. to what scripture says it is. Mm. Um, I think it was Francis Chan. I'm going to paraphrase cause I have no idea exactly what he said, but essentially he was saying whenever I read something in the Bible that doesn't sit right, I usually assume I'm wrong. Mm. Um, and that's the mindset that I've been trying to adopt. And I think that the Holy spirit has been like ministering to me because, um, yeah. I think that we all have things uh, that we come to, um, we come to our own conclusions, and then we come to the word, and we're like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of those things, but I think that um, ultimately, like I, for the longest time, my struggle, and sometimes I still do, um, my struggle was, um, well, like God created the earth and God created man and woman. Why couldn't He have just made it normal? um, for there to be like same sex couples. Like he could have so easily done that. And I struggled with that for a long time because there's no exact answer. But the piece that I have about it now is just saying God's design was, was, um, or is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I don't know why he chose that, but I have to trust that he did it for, um, a reason that's beyond my understanding. Um, and that's enough for me. And yeah. that was a really hard thing to submit to. But now I think that it's one of the most peaceful conclusions I can come to because then I don't have to scramble to find answers, but I can just rest in knowing this is God's design. Mm. This is how he planned it. And is it difficult? Yeah. But I know that if I'm living in God's design, I am like the most at peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, like, it's just, it, it's really restful, I think, to, to just, it's, it's a conclusion you have to wrestle with for sure, right. but it's one that is really, um, worth it. That's good. That's good. So, so I want to ask this question, Cam, because so, so in living in sin as you were, that you recognized mm -hmm. what happened, what was the turning point where you finally came to the place of saying, I'm not living, I'm not living how God designed me to live. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm living in sin. Um, what were some, what was a, maybe one, one thing, but what were some things that led to you realizing, God, I've got to surrender to you. I, I, I'm sorry. I, what, what, what was kind of, what was the path to that? So I've thought about this a lot. Um, and I think it's kind of cool, honestly, because I think God knew, um, exactly the kind of the, the kind of people that I would need to date and like have relationships with and people that I would interact with. I think he knew exactly what I would need to eventually just wear me down um, because um, I had my fair share of relationships and um, I think that I got my heart broken a lot and um, I think that after a while it kind of wore me down and the funny thing is, is that I was I was not um, I had no plans of stopping uh, and this was probably this was close to around the time that I really started to follow the Lord again at like mid July um, I had no plans of stopping. But when I had that conversation with y'all, um, it, it wasn't a conversation that I liked and it wasn't a conversation that I really was. <laughs> it wasn't a fun conversation. No, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but the Lord uses whatever he wants to, to speak to us. Mm. And it put me in this, what I called at the time purgatory headspace where I was in between. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think I want to follow Jesus again, but also I really enjoy doing this. Um, but I also knew um, deep down, and while I was living the lifestyle, I always had this lingering thought. I was like, I think that I'll go back to Jesus eventually when I'm done having fun or whatever, um, which is such a weird thought. But um, anyways, I I remember thinking when I was like, well, I could go and like, I could follow Jesus again. And because I remember the joy that I found in Jesus and the, the and that's true. A good, and that's a good point because with, with talking about finding the joy in Jesus, 
what was it you found in the other lifestyle? I mean, maybe for flesh, it was kind of like, I don't want you to lose that train of thought, but I wanted to kind of press into that a little bit because yeah, right. there is right. more joy in knowing and following mm -hmm. after him, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so with that, um, I really, it was, it was this purgatory headspace of like, I remember the joy that I had in Jesus and it was like the purest form of joy, um, mm -hmm. like unlabored joy. Um, and, but I also thought about like, there's these people that are also like, really like really nice people i've met a lot of awesome people um and like i also really enjoy this lifestyle but then also deep down i knew i was like the relationships haven't fulfilled me sex hasn't fulfilled me um like nothing has fulfilled me the way that i expected it to um and i was like i guess i think what led to my ultimate decision i had a conversation with one of my friends and also like kind of my mentor um about it and I was like I really like the idea of Jesus but the idea or like Christians are the reason that I don't really want to mm -hmm. like come back to Jesus just because of my hurt with like the church and and my experience with that um but it was just I think that what I think that there is um just with any sin like there is um there is like temperamental happiness like it, it lingers for a little bit and then it's gone so it's like you kind of have to chase it and find it in different things in that lifestyle um but true unburdened joy is found in jesus and i knew that i wanted to go back to that um and i, I remember being like i don't really know how to uh and so like that was when that conversation with that friend um mm -hmm. that was the turning point i think um but it was just like i don't really want to live from like relationship to relationship or hookup to hookup to like feel um okay mm -hmm. like that's just I can't I can't go on like that anymore um because God didn't design us that way right right so and so um I think that that was what the ultimate turning point was um mm -hmm. just because I I at the core of who I was I was unfulfilled yeah um and I was aware of the only one that could fulfill me in yeah. that way um and I think that God um, knew exactly what I needed yeah. um, for that to to come to fruition. Yeah, so. and I, I think that I think you described sin, and I mean the fact that you know it 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 seems to taste good for a moment, but it never is fulfilling. Yeah. It's like you get to the center and it's nothing, yeah, right? It's, it's like yeah, it's hollow. Or or you get to it's like a tootsie roll pop, right? You mm -hmm. used to love eating those things. <laughs> And, and if if you remember, there was this old commercial where like this owl would look and, and ask the question, how many exactly how many looks does it take to get to the center of a tissue pop? And and I think what happens is it's the Satan does a a masterful job at candy coating sin, mm -hmm. and, but eventually what happens is when you get to the center of it, it's not so much hollow, although sin is empty, it's really it's toxic. I mean, you're 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 it's it's just right. that's what happens with sin mm -hmm. and, and it's and it's a very convincing lie as well and honestly i i had a, a short-term lived experience a, a moment quote unquote could be years um like sin could have its moment for a long time and you could find some sort of um counterfeit fulfillment in that for for several years but mine was only in the span of about eight months praise the lord yeah, but, praise god um, yeah, um but um I think there are a lot of, um, like, for example, there are a lot of quote unquote good things. Um, I guess like one thing, one thing that you would call counterfeit peace. Um, like I was in love, like love, it feels good to be loved and to be known by someone and to be in a relationship. It's just, it's nice to have someone. Um, but, and, and that's one of my struggles even now is remembering those and being like, well, now I'm lonely <laughs> for now, but, um, and missing those relationships, but then having to speak truth over myself and say, well, in actuality, at the core of those relationships was death because mm. it was sin and it wasn't in God's design. Mm. Um, and so instead of being sad that you lost those relationships, which is valid, I allow myself to feel sad when I need to, but also just, just being able to say, isn't it so um, profound and so incredible that God that God loves you enough to have said, this is not the mm. best that I have for you. Yeah. And I want something so much better. And it is, my life is hard, <laughs> um, but is more fulfilling than anything um, that I did in that, that eight to nine month span. Yeah. Um, God has blessed me so, um, 
so immensely and yeah. it, it like um just having having such a good community mm. um having joy um just feeling feeling fulfilled and i can never put into words how fulfilling life with jesus is mm. that's just something that i hope that you get to experience yeah, um it's good like it's yeah so 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 transition from that what would you say to someone who may be listening or, or, or watching that is struggling with same-sex attraction or living a gay lifestyle or maybe they're like I don't, I don't I've got these these temptations I don't know what to do with this I don't want to tell anybody um, which which I just want to say as hard as hard as it has been right yeah um, for you and for for your mom and and me um, I'm so thankful that God has led you to a place of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think it was Brene Brown that said that uh, vulnerability is the greatest measure of courage. Right. And and I think that that's what we, we talk about in the church, being vulnerable and building community and being honest. But the reality is, in most cases, that's not what happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and when people become vulnerable or they get kicked to the curb, they feel like. I mean, sometimes yeah. that's a reality. Um, yeah. And so, but so what would you say, though, to someone who's watching or listening right now um, who's struggling with same-sex attraction, gay lifestyle, living a gay lifestyle, um, who profess to be believers in Jesus, I mean, what would you say to them that's going to give them hope um, but, as well as kind of this uh, encouragement um, to trust Jesus and trust um, the design that God has for us? What, what would you say to them? Um, I think this is a really simple one. Well, it's not as simple as it sounds, but um, lean into Jesus, um, first of all. Um, and what does that look like? I mean, that's a great advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like one of the things that I, I was just writing down when thinking about this topic is um, like where you feel like you can't find peace, um, go to Jesus and, and just like in prayer or in the word um, or even with conversation um, with someone that you know is walking with the Lord actively, um, I think that that the Lord loves to speak through people, mm. um, and He's spoken through a lot of people in my life. Um, but um, where you can't find peace, where you can't find fulfillment, um, where the struggle is like so hard that you feel like you can't stand it, like just lean into Jesus, um, go to His Word, pray, um, and just like instead of instead of um, going for like the counterfeit. Um, prayer where it's like, take this struggle away from me. Instead, be like, Lord, give me the courage and give me the strength to um, say no, um, to to chase after you instead of the desires of my flesh, because I know that it's, mm -hmm. it's better, um, life is better with you than it mm -hmm. is to fulfill my own desires. Um, and like, one of the things as well is that True joy is not going to be found in in the way that you um, live your life, if if it be that lifestyle or if it if it's something else, whatever it is. Um, I don't actively live in that lifestyle anymore, and I am more joyful and I'm happier than I've ever been. My life doesn't suck because I I am not like dating guys. Um, I have great friends who. Um, love me and also love the Lord mm. and we have great conversation. Like I just, I'm, I'm, my life is, is blessed, um, in a lot of areas. So don't think that, um, that you're being robbed of something. Mm. If you, if you want to actively fight against, um, this struggle or this temptation, um, because it's quite the opposite. You're, you're, um, trading in a lie for the ultimate, um, reward. Mm. Um, and I would say that, that leaning into Jesus is one of the biggest things. Um, also, kind of in that same vein, especially when I was talking about um, having conversation, um, find community. Mm -hmm. um, I think that community is so undersold, quote, <laughs> that's my word of choice, undersold in um, the church. I think the church is doing better with being like, hey, community is super important. Um, and it is. Um Jesus had his disciples, and then within his disciples, he had his his core people. Um, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so 
crucial to have those people that you can just talk to when it's like really difficult or even if it's not difficult and you just want to like get things out like just talk about it um i'm lucky to have friends that are that i'm really close with and that also don't think that my struggle is weird or they're not like grossed out by it um because they they genuinely are following jesus and that's not i don't think that's a characteristic of someone who's seeking the lord um but um it it just for a form of release to be able to talk about like the other day um I had someone um, on Instagram ask me on a date, uh, a guy asked me on a date um, in my DMs, and it's a guy that I know, and I remember thinking, this is harder to say no than I want it to be, um, and so I texted one of my really good friends, and I was like, hey, like this is really sucky, and I hate this, uh, can you just be in like prayer, um, because I said no, but even after the fact, there was that struggle, it was like, it's like, dang, I want to be like known and loved by someone. I want to be in a relationship. And um, like, it just, it, you know, it, sometimes it really sucks and it's really difficult. And so to have those people, if I had been um, in a spot where I didn't have um, that friend, it would have been a lot more difficult. And I don't know that I would have said no in that circumstance because I can be really weak sometimes and we all can. Hmm. Um, so just having someone that loves you and loves Jesus that you can say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. And they're always ready and willing to go into battle, um, in prayer for you. Um, I think that that's so, so fundamental. Yeah. And just uh, by way of observation, just knowing some of your friends and stuff, what's been cool about it is, is that you don't want to have friends around you who are going to justify what you're struggling with and saying, Hey, it's okay. Um, nor if you find yourself giving into temptation and sinning, then going like, Hey, yeah, it's okay. Just do better next time. Yeah. But rather, man, uh, do you recognize it's sin? You know, repent of that. And yeah. you want to help with that. But you have, I've, I've observed the, the friends that you're talking about. I'm so, I'm so thankful before we've been praying for, we've been praying for that, mm-hmm. that these are people who, as you said, they're following Jesus, but they're also pointing you to Jesus. Right. Right. Um, through the reading of his word and what scripture says, um, and, and yes, that they're able to listen to this and not freak out. Right. Yeah. And run away because mm-hmm. you've brought up something that's difficult or they don't, or they don't want to hear. Right. So I think that that's huge. I think, I think that, um, kind of counsel to those who are struggling who are watching and listening to this, that, that that's, that's a huge thing. What would you say, this is where it would come in for your mom and me, I guess. What would you say to, to those who maybe not struggling with same sex attraction, but they have, uh, a son or daughter or um, family member, brother or sister or coworkers mm-hmm. that are struggling with this. Um, or even wh- if you wh- don't know anyone that is. Right. I mean, um, or, I mean, our, the culture we live in, but yeah. but for those who are watching, probably the most pressing thing is if they have a son or daughter or, yeah, exactly. you know, how would, how, what would you encourage them and uh, not compromising their convictions, obviously, uh, but what ways would you encourage them to point their their sons and daughters um, or uh, their brother or sister or their friends to Jesus? What, 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 what would you, what would you, how would you counsel them? Yeah. Um, I think a really important thing um, is um, I would say, listen before you open your mouth. Um, I think that that's really important. Well, that's scriptural, right? Yeah. Quick to hear, slow <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Yeah. Um, because you don't know someone's lived experience, not saying that experience um, is, um, their story has. Yeah. Um, but I think that, um, I think that it's really important to listen to what someone has to say. Um, also the people in your life that are, um, LGBTQ plus, whether they're gay, bi, trans, lesbian, whatever, um, don't just, um, don't just take their life as an opportunity um, to minister to someone. I think that it's important to to um, talk about Jesus, but enjoy them as a person. Yeah, they're, they're not a project. Right, they're, they're a person. A person right. Jackie O'Perry says in her book, she, uh, she said that she wanted to be a person to be loved and not a project to be fixed. Mm, and I think that's, that's really important yeah. um, because I personally have been in relationships where not like romantic relationships, but relationships where I feel like I'm a project instead of someone that they just want to be around. And that really sucks. Um, and so I would say, enjoy them as a person. They have characteristics other than their 
sexual orientation or their um, gender or whatever it is, um, what do they like? What are they passionate about? Um, do you guys relate with certain things? Like, do you guys like The Mandalorian? You can talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, what, is that, is, what is that? Is that a... The Mandalorian? I'm just teasing. It's a great show. <laughs> it is a great show. Yeah. Um, but it's not all about... all. Like, it's not all the time. Just, just every time you see them, like, hey, I really just, like, want to talk to you about the lifestyle you're living and how I disagree with it. And this is what Jesus says. Like, I, I think mm. that that's important. And it has its place in time. Um, but that's not... You need to you need to like be in a relationship yeah, that, with people. That, from a dad, that's that was hard for me because yeah. I I still remember we sat down in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, we've sat we've sat in a lot of restaurants, having a lot of com- this conversation that we're having is not uncommon. I mean, we, I mean yeah. not just about this, but other conversations about a lot of different life situations and issues right. and stuff. But I still remember we were in a restaurant. You may not remember which one it was, but I do. Stobies. No, okay. uh, but it's another one. And we since we're, since we're not getting royalties from these restaurants, we don't want to mention their name. Yeah, yeah. So it was, but we, yeah, we did have a conversation there. Um, but we had this conversation, and it this was so weighing on me, and it was hard. And the things that you were sharing with me um, were devastating. I mean, it was just it it. And I've I, look, I've had my share of things that I've I've shared and that I've done that were devastating to to our family and yeah. to others as well. And and so, um, but I remember hearing these things and, and it was almost like, I remember at that restaurant, I was asking you about this, about this struggle and stuff. And I remember you saying to me, Hey dad, I don't want to always just talk about this. Yeah. And I think that was a learning. That doesn't mean I gave up on it, but to realize that I, it wasn't my place to fix you because I can't fix you. Yeah. Right. Only Jesus can, can, can reconcile what's broken. Um, and, and so um, I think your point about that, I think is really good and valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, it's not about people. They're not project, they're people. And there are other things too, that they experience that you can enjoy and get to know right. um, as well. So, yeah. Um, I would also say with that, seek understanding, um, from them. Um, because if you don't struggle with that, then you can't come in with what you expect it to be like. Um, so I think that you should seek understanding as well. Be like, hey, like, I just want to know, um, like, what what would you say, like, this experience is like for you? Like, um, how can I be praying for you? Like, what can I be yeah. doing? Um, just, and also just treat everyone like an image bearer because we all are. Um, everyone is made in the image of God. And um, if you have prejudice or... Um, ill feelings towards LGBTQ plus people, I think that you should pray and ask God to change your heart because that's not the heart of God. Um, and it doesn't mean, again, that you're, that's not, right. it doesn't mean you're accepting of their, right. their sin or their choices. Right. But um, we're all image bearers, and I think that you should treat yeah. others like that because, um, because I think that that's so yeah. important. Yeah. Um, I would also say, to backtrack a little bit, advice for people who are struggling with that, um, be aware, um, or at least pray that the Lord would make you aware of your sensitive spots because, um, like I have certain things that I have to like, it it either depends on what mood I'm in or maybe something that I should just not do at all. Um, like for example, some of the music that I like, I like a lot of, I listen to a lot of artists that do identify, um, with the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and so sometimes if I'm not in the right frame of mind, if I feel, if if I'm feeling kind of weak, then I'll be like, okay, so like, maybe I won't listen to that music today. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some music that I'd be like, oh, I probably just won't listen to that at all. But, um, there's a lot of it that I would be like, I have to be conscious of what frame of mind I'm in so that I'm not like, um, making myself susceptible Mm -hmm. to want to sin or to, um, just be in a mindset that is like glorifying sin. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I would say be aware of what, um, what can be, yeah, what can become an issue for you. Um, this whole thing of guarding your mind and guarding your heart. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that that, that is a really big, um, a really big thing that, that, that I have been learning over the past few months that it's like, I really have to be careful with some of the things that I, um, do or like. Um, even if, if, even if it's, um, like writing, like a, like a poem or a songwriting, 
um, if I'm writing a song, like, sometimes I have to be careful because I don't want to, like, I don't want to do anything that glorifies my past relationships, but I still want to be able to write about them because I think it's cathartic. Um, but you know, like I, it's just a, it's a line that you have to write and it's, you have to be careful with it. Yeah. Um, so good. just, and you can't do that alone. So that's something that you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance in. Um, but that is so much more comforting because then you don't have to struggle to like find all the little things. Um, yeah. but rather the Holy Spirit will, will help you with yeah. that. So, wow. That's so good. So, um, we're going to wrap up here and, and we could have, I mean, we could have probably hours and hours more conversations yeah. about this and you and I will, man, it just may not be on, uh, on, um, this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, but is there anything that you would want to close with before we kind of wrap things up that we've not really touched on? Um, I mean, not, you don't have to make anything up by the way. <laughs> no, it's fine. So, but um, anything, anything you say, no, I just want to close it. Just as one little thing. Yeah, I would say, I just want to, um, I, I guess I want to um, just like drive home that point of, of how we treat others. Um, your struggles are difficult. Um, anyone, anyone else's struggles are difficult um, and you know what it's like to struggle with sin. So just apply the same feeling towards, um, towards the people that you don't understand their sin struggle. Um, I remember I had the same close friend that I was talking about earlier um, I had a conversation with him and in order to sort of like give him a little bit more perspective, um, he's married and I was saying, um, imagine, imagine, um, how you feel about your wife, like the love of your life. Um, and then apply that to me, but with a guy, and then you're told that it's, it's not right to be with him. And it's, it's a really difficult truth. Like that's mm -hmm. something that, and that gave him a lot of perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, that, that you should really um, just seek perspective and treat people um, with a lot of kindness and a lot of grace because mm -hmm. we're all really struggling. Um, it, regardless of what the struggle is, we're all um, yeah. sinful and we all need Jesus yeah, um, so good. more than more than anything else. And wow. so, um, yeah. That's good. That's a good word to close on. And, you know, it's interesting because I every year I, I choose a word, right? It's kind of my word for the year. I don't, I don't do um, what is it res resolutions so yeah. much, uh, but so I have this word. I have it on a rock. First Timothy six twelve. Maybe you can see it there. Fight, right? And so, um, man, it just reminds me that every day um, I'm asking God to battle, to war on my behalf, but also there's my responsibility of fighting as well. Um, putting to death, um, the, the sin by, by, by surrendering myself daily to Christ. And, and, and so it is a fight and it's something that we continue to fight. Right. Yeah. Um, but we're not fighting this alone. Christ has won the victory on the cross, which is so good. Um, and so, man, I'm so proud of you, Cam. I mean, I know this is, we're all in process, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> Philippians one, six, uh, but, but I'm so thankful for what God has been doing in your life mm -hmm. and just how I see him changing you and growing you. Um, even it's kind of, even in this, this has been, you know, several months now where God's kind of changed your life. Yeah. Still kind of like a, <laughs> we talk about you being like a, a newborn calf with like legs that are still a little shaky. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that you're, you have grounded yourself in the word yeah. and with people and community. And so, so thankful for that. But regardless, whether it's same sex attraction or homosexuality um, uh, or any other sin that you're struggling with, just remember um, that Jesus has given us as believers in Christ, his spirit who dwells in us. And that as we surrender that to him daily, um, we don't have to give in to those sins and to that temptation. Um, so just just know that. Don't lay down and just kind of roll over and let the enemy have his way and do what he wants to do. But just fight daily um, to follow it. But it's not in your own power. It's in the power of Christ who lives in us as believers in Jesus. So, Cam, thanks again for man, being vulnerable yeah. um, and sharing your story and our story a little bit. And, uh, and I hope if you're, as you're watching this and listening to this, that you have been uh, challenged, you've been encouraged. Uh, I hope that you have been given much hope in Jesus. Uh, and I hope that you will continue the conversation with those who maybe are your sons or daughters or a brother or sister or whomever it may be that is within your circle of influence, you're close to, or, or maybe just have an awareness of what's going on in your community and in our culture. Uh, again, we're not, we're not giving a pass to sin. 
um, because sin is always sin. And we know that sin is destructive. It's why Jesus came to die on the cross so that we could be saved and rescued from sin and be forgiven and given life. So we don't ever um, look at it indifferently, um, but um, through the lens of Scripture, what, he, what Scripture says. Um, but have the conversations. Seek to gain understanding and pray that God gives you opportunity to speak the life and the hope and the truth that is only found in Jesus. So, so I hope that as you've watched, as you're listening to this, that again, you've been encouraged and have been given much hope. Um, thanks so much for watching this episode of Crossroads and Culture, where life, ministry, and culture meet. If you would, um, subscribe to the podcast and share this on your social media platforms. We want to get this out to as many people as possible. And we know, look, we know that there are going to be some people who don't like this video, who disagree with it, who are going to criticize it. And that's perfectly okay. Um, this is something we wanted to share because of how God has been working in us mm -hmm. as we walk through this issue. Um, so, um, so we get it, but there's everything we've talked about. We feel that God has directed us and, and, and we want to take a very biblical, uh, approach to it, which is going to be a very compassionate approach as well. Um, so we recognize not everybody's going to agree, uh, with this, but just know that, um, the conversations need to be had. So share this on your social media platforms, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Crossroads and Culture.